0: This is the Let's Get Real Estate Show with your host, Danielle Chason.
1: Full-time investor, strategic consultant, motivational coach, sought-after speaker, and
0: host of your number one real estate investing show, Let's Get Real Estate. Where real people are doing real
1: estate. Let's Get Real Estate Podcast. My name is Jose J. Garcia here with Danielle Chason. How are you? Hey,
0: woo-woo. it's the Let's Get Real Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for that intro. We're having a lot of fun having all of our guests, um, all my guests are doing the intro and uh, it's a lot of fun. So um, thank you for that. Yep. Danielle on here, your host of the Let's Get Real podcast. And we got Jose Garcia joining us tonight, giving us our wonderful intro. And um, yeah, just wanted to, uh, yeah, I wanted to bring you back, Jose, because, you know, um, there's not a lot of people Ooh. that I know that are at really good at doing the mobile home stuff like you are and so um and i wanted to talk today about doing the paperwork like mobile homes are such a niche Mm -hmm. thing and then like doing the paperwork for transaction on a mobile home or a mobile home park uh can be very very different so i wanted to bring you back and share with the audience about that so before we get into that though jose if you wouldn't mind you're a pretty awesome dude doing a lot of awesome things. So, I'd love for you to uh, share with the audience what you've been up to and a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Up to growing, steady, growing growth. That's what any investor should be doing, any entrepreneur for that matter. But, yes, so my name is Jose J. Garcia. I have been investing in manufacturing housing, better known as mobile homes, uh, for seven years. I started out seven years thinking I would be the next real estate investor. You know, the typical you see on TV, beautiful luxury. Let me fix it. Rehab it that sort of thing that did not come to pass and i'm glad because i found mobile homes in that sense but to me the issue was money and i think a lot of us as we're starting out as we 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 have a dream we have a vision but we have no money that was my case so i spun wheels quite a bit um try to do it different ways but it just was not meant to be again glad it didn't because somewhere in there somebody mentioned do mobile homes um and i did i started doing research on that started calling every mobile home park community park and out of many, many no's, a yes came around. So I'm glad it did. I, I know in there somewhere, I kept telling myself this was not for me. I think the same doubt that many of us share, but I'm glad I kept going. And my first unit, I mentioned unit as mobile homes, my first mobile home, I ended up rehabbing it myself, turned it into a rental. And two months into it, I was a landlord officially. So I had done my first unit, first mobile home. That same year, I ended up doing 10 of them, 10 mobile homes, so I was officially a full-on landlord. Um, a lot of responsibility, for those of you trying to get into it, you know, nothing wrong with a landlord, um, but a lot of responsibility. Now, with Fast Forward, seven years later, um, I have invested well over in 400 transactions, 400 mobile home deals. I am a one-stop shop now, where we have also a university. We coach people how to do the same thing, and here we are. That's crazy.
0: In 7 years you've come such a long way. 400 units in 7 like in 7 years. Like what does that work out to a year? That's ridiculous. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot, my friend. Um that's over 50 units a year. not I don't enough. Know. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math here on the spot in my head, but I'm like that's a whole heck of a lot a year. That's crazy. And I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess you're not doing the reno's yourself in these units every uh, every time you buy them either. So you've definitely uh, scaled your business grown and uh, like kudos to you, man. That's really awesome. And the fact that you created this university to give back so that other people can get into the real estate space. um, I just think is fantastic. Like you're sharing your knowledge and that's why, you know, birds of a feather flock together and you and I just completely like connected when we met each other in Chicago and uh, remained friends throughout. And uh, yeah, it's just been amazing watching you grow. I'm sure you've seen me grow as well and it's been awesome. So Anyhow, the, um, the, the thing is is that, you know, it, it, mobile home parks are just so friggin' unique that everything you do around them, everything, even just the rehabbing part is going to be much different than what it looks like when you're going into a house because even the materials are different. But what I wanted to talk about today was the paperwork uh, and just getting that transaction because I'm really big with my students. I teach them like you protect your business and your interests through the paperwork because if the paperwork isn't drafted properly, you're going to get yourself into a pickle. And you might get away with it once or twice or three or four times. But eventually, that's going to catch up to you. You're going to hit a deal where it wasn't drafted right. or wasn't, you know, you didn't give yourself long enough. And you're going to, you're going to have an issue. So I just want to talk about, like, what challenges, what are the biggest problems you see with people when they're trying to do mobile home units or mobile home parks? What are they doing that's wrong? Like, what problems do you see come up?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And before I answer your question there, you actually mentioned what I think we can make a topic out of maybe next time, material difference and rehab. That will make for a good topic between real estate and mobile homes. But yeah, so to answer your question, one of the biggest things that people are not doing versus doing is uh, a proper due diligence. There's a big difference between real estate and mobile homes, especially once it comes to the paperwork. People are not taking the time. They're not following up. They're not making the right calls and checking on these uh deeds per se so a mobile home has a title much like a vehicle a boat a motorcycle etc it's a personal property um and therefore they have to check the same way as i guess you would with real estate but uh they're simply not making the calls and they're not following up on what they should to be able to make sure that all the paperwork checks out
0: so where do you go to get that sort of information? Is it the same place that you would go to the title office for like a regular transaction? How do you verify everything?
1: Yeah, so every city, county, maybe a little bit differently, but typically here it's the DMV or the tax accessor's office. And you can just simply as call, give them a call, give them a bin number, location, and all you're trying to do is make sure that there's nothing wrong with that title. Um, they're not deeds in mobile homes are called titles, So we, we just want to make sure that there's no liens on it per se. That's one that would definitely be a big red flag um, and that there is one thing that we see a lot with is multiple owners, maybe. So, again, all you're doing is verifying. You just want to make sure that everything is the way that they're supposed to be. But these are the places that you either visit in person or you make a phone call, your DMB or tax assessor's office.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So like your DMV, that's where you register your vehicle. So that's like, because it's not, I guess, considered a piece of real estate, right? It's considered vehicle. So so yeah, I think that's, and again, just being able to do your due diligence, you need to know where to go in order to get that information, right? Um, should you talk to the park owner and, and maybe find out what the lease agreement is or what the, the amount, like, do you inherit that lease and that amount? So like if the seller is paying 350 a month, is it going to be 350 to you? Or do you have to renegotiate that before you close or go in on this, on this deal with the seller?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the first stop before investing in any of these uh, mobile homes, uh, especially if it is going to be with a direct seller inside the community, is you will have to make a stop to the uh, park office and, and or give them a call. But um, part of doing the due diligence with the paperwork is that would go hand in hand. So mobile homes inside of a community park, mobile home park, they have to pay a lot rent, um, whatever that may be. You know, everywhere is different. We'll use I use the example of 500 for easy numbers. But as part of doing that with the title, make sure there's no liens. What you could be walking into is if you buy a mobile home without checking with the office, that individual seller could be a month, two months, three months. You don't know. know—they could be multiple months behind on their lot rent. And if you buy that mobile home in there, they could hold you accountable. So in that sense, yes, you would. And as far as a new agreement, that would be really whatever you and the uh the mobile home park manager or park owner decide on but any debt that has not been paid if you buy that home it kind of comes with
0: oh so that's good information to know so whatever debt to the lot rental gets transferred over to the new owner then so it doesn't just like go away like if a bad tenant if you were to rent a unit or buy a you know i don't know buy a property that's in default um, you buy it, it's yours and whoever defaulted with the bank, that's their problem. That doesn't happen here with the lot rents. That's interesting to know. Ha, huh. That is good to know. Um, what other things that you see, you know, what other issues that you see come across, you know, um, is there any way to find out kind of do any due diligence on, um, like the, the profile of the people that are in those units? I guess if you plan on renting, you want to find out too, if you're allowed to rent like, is it possible for the landowners, the park owners to, to not let you rent? Because if I buy a mobile home park, I'm not living in it. I'd intend to rent it.
1: Right, right. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, regardless of who's selling you a mobile home inside the park, now if it's the park directly, then things are a little bit different anyway because everything is transparent. But that's what you need is transparency. You need a visit with the park owner, park management You need to let them know what you're doing exactly, and whenever you are trying to buy a unit that's not being sold by them, but more so direct by the seller, you need to make them aware, and they will let you know very quickly, oh, Mr. Joe, example. Mr. Joe, did you know he owes three months worth of lot rent? So they're going to let you know in on this very quickly because they expect somebody to pay for this, so it is always the best interest to go ahead and let them know. Any move that you're trying to make inside the park, you need to let them know. A park manager can make you or break you, so trying to go around them usually never pays off.
0: So, what about restrictions within the park? Like, because I know, like, especially where you're at, you got like, um, I want to say, mature communities, or maybe you know, where it's just all adults, adult-only communities, that sort of thing. Uh, Where would you get that information from?
1: Yeah, so definitely find out what the park management or park owners allow you to do. Some parks do not want investors, period. So if that's the case, it's it's meaningless to try to invest in that park anyway. But if they do allow investors, they could have where, well, you can come in and fix it. Technically, you're the resident during that period of time and then when you're done fixing it rehabbing it you can sell it but you're not allowed to rent it we don't allow sublease you still have opportunities in there but you're limited to that then there are parks that are 55 and above you see those typically more in my area in the u.s and florida for instance we see a lot of those parks you can still invest in those but you have limitations so there's ways around it but it all starts with the conversation and a relationship with the park management and or owners
0: and what's the what's the biggest thing um like for somebody who's a newbie kind of going in, like, you know, what's the biggest mistake that they do when they're doing the paperwork?
1: Not doing a proper due diligence, not closing where they should. We can talk about where the closing takes place, but it's typically, I mean, a newbie gets in a hurry. They feel in uh, paperwork thinking they're correct. And that's usually usually the mistake we have to come in behind them and fix it because the paperwork was never done Properly.
0: So you wouldn't use, would you use a normal like agreement of purchase and sale that you would use for a normal real estate transaction? Like what kind of paperwork do you use?
1: And this, this question is in regards to more so if you were purchasing one. Yep. Yes. So if if you're purchasing one, they, the seller needs to have a title. If it's a single wide, it has one title. If it's a double wide, it has two titles. Many, many city counties, they'll combine it. So you'll have one title, but you pay attention to the VIN number where it'll have the VIN number like any car or vehicle would have. And then at the end, it'll have A and B. Literally, it will list that. And that means A side and B side. A double wide is nothing more than two single wides put together. So it comes with that. Um, along with that. Every investor, regardless, I always say you have to have a bill of sale. It's a bill of sale that backs up your transaction. A title, all you have is a signature and a date, for instance. So anything specific that you may arrange or, or agree to, you have to be able to notate it somewhere and you can't write on the title. So a bill of sale has to come with every transaction, whether you're buying, you're selling. If somebody's selling your mobile home and does not have a bill of sale, you provide one.
0: Hmm. And usually how long do you have like from start to finish? Like, you know, when we're doing real estate transactions, we're talking about 30, 60 day closing, people need time to move and stuff like that. So how much like, can you can you do like a bill of sale conditional until you do all your due diligence? Or do you do that up front? I just asked you like four different questions there. I'm sorry. But um, like, so, so yeah, so let's start with the due diligence. Like how, how long do you need to close in order to do the due diligence?
1: Yeah, so to answer, I think most of your questions there. Um, I mean, if somebody's living in it and needs to move out, obviously we work around their schedule. They're the sellers, and if we can agree to terms and numbers, you know, we work with them. But it, real estate and mobile homes are very different. To close an actual closing can take twenty minutes. In a mobile home versus real estate, because all it is is a title. And let me go ahead and walk through the process of where it takes place. You know, the best source to do this in is going to be inside the DMV or tax accessor's office, because that's where you're going to actually transfer the titles. So you need to be there with your bill of sale. They need to be there with the title. You got the buyer. You have the seller. And all you're doing is signing off like you would a vehicle. Once they sign off, they collect the money. They transfer hands. That's it. That That is a done, close deal. The next step, you as a buyer, would obviously be to turn over to the DMV or tax accessors representative, and I need to change the title into my name or my company, my LLC, whatever, and transfer to that. So that can take, I've had these where it takes two minutes. I mean, this is a very simple, quick process once it's time to close.
0: But it's much different. Wow. So you take, you you do the bill of sale, but you don't actually change the title with the DMV until after they've moved out or do you just give them time? You own it while you give them 30 days to move out. What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So you can do an initial bill of sale with them. And again, at the bottom of it, um, You can put, you know, obviously we will pay an agreement to whatever amount y'all agree upon. You will list all the same uh, information that's on the title, which is the year, the make, the model, the VIN number, serial number. That's the biggest thing. And then you would put the clause in the bottom that we will close on 30 days from now, 60 days. We just did a few of these units like this quite a bit, actually, where they're having to move all their units. They're being not evicted, but the park is closing. So we've set a bunch of bill of sales out there and we put, you know, we will close on X amount of date or sooner. Or sooner meaning that if they find somewhere else to go before the fact, we'll close then. So you can't put it in these terms and wait for the title and actual money transfer. Once they've moved out, everything is ready to go, and you can actually do the quotations closing.
0: Oh, that is a lot different than a typical real estate transaction because you're not really transferring real estate; you're just transferring a vehicle. So that's, I think, that's probably the biggest difference, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is yeah. personal property, so.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, so yeah, so I guess like a vehicle, you just want to make sure that somebody else doesn't have a lien on it. Um, maybe from when they originally purchased it. Um, I guess it wouldn't be a mortgage on the title. It just would be a lien against the title. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. So would you typically use, um, a title like, um, uh, titles office or a lawyer in order to facilitate this do you recommend doing that or are you good to just do it on your own
1: i recommend you do whatever makes you feel most comfortable but you do not need of any of that because once you do your proper due diligence and you've checked out make sure that that title has no liens make sure that the taxes for instance are up to date everything checks out bringing a lawyer bringing a realtor this. You know, nothing against them, but we don't need them. They're really just in the way at that point. You know, this is very simple as you have a vehicle, you have the mobile home, you have the title for it, which shows that you're the owner. Yes. Well, I have the money that I want to buy. It's a very simple, just switch hands, make sure the signatures check out and everybody's on their way.
0: Did you, you mentioned something right there about the taxes. Do you pay taxes on these mobile homes?
1: You do. And I actually got a funny story for you. Um, so, yes, every mobile home here in the U.S., I don't know if Canada is different or other places, but a same like you, your vehicles, they have a the little bitty tags. I got one, for example. I did not plan this. This thing is the same thing <laughs> that you Put the little bitty one on the back of your tag. Um, this is the same thing, but it's a little bigger and you stamp it on the side of the mobile home, typically on the window, door, wherever the city, you know, does that. But uh, every year you pay X amount of money for the mobile home to re-registered being in the county
0: huh okay so yeah so we do have that uh tags here in canada we call them license plates and that's just every year you have to register it and update the little sticker to say that mm-hmm. it was currently registered and if that's anything like the what we do now that would be outdated because that would be for 2019 and we're now in 2020 twenty twenty, 20 one. and uh, <laughs> so i don't know if that 19 is old and you've got to put it on a i found home.
1: this in my file somewhere i <laughs> Clearly forgot to this on one of my homes, so <laughs> it's here now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully now it has a twenty-one sticker on the back, so that's awesome. Yeah, no, very similar to here. So I'm like really blown away about how I mean it's really just a vehicle that you're you're doing and um, kind of going through the same process that you would a vehicle, but obviously I mean you want to go in and 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 make sure that it's in good working order and stuff. Um, do you? Uh, when Let
1: me tell you the story real quick. Please, please. I know you do real estate, and you're a broker. You're awesome in real estate, but real, okay, real estate investors are—I love everybody that takes my coaching, but real estate investors are the hardest to coach because you have real estate habits. <laughs> so when I bring you on board, it's always that question is something. I had this one investor, awesome, he's a friend of mine now. Um, I'll mention his name doesn't matter, Mr. Jim. So I tell Mr. Jim, he takes me out there, he wants to close on a mobile home. And I said, that's fine. Let's go out there. We have everything due diligence is done. I actually did most of this for him. So when we got there, it was really just give me the money, give me the title and we're good. So he's standing there, letting me take the lead. And he's kind of just observing, but I'm watching kind of just not in disbelief, but almost like curious. We hand him the money. The guy hands us the title. Everything is signed. The bill is up, checks out. And I tell him, I mean, this took maybe a minute. So I tell him, all right, Jim, we're ready to go. And he's like, what? <laughs> He was waiting for an attorney, somebody came out and said, Jim, we don't need none of that. Let's go. So so it was funny to see he was just he was expecting a process of uh you know, the long story short, that he is now a full mobile home investor, has left real estate behind. Nothing against real estate, but he he sought that and he found that interesting and he is now you know, on our team, so
0: Well, and that's what I'm totally blown away by, because really, I mean, you did say that it's a simple process, but you still want to make sure you do your due diligence. But really, like at the end of the day, it is as simple as buying a vehicle. Um, Although I think the financing is going to be a little bit difficult. But as far as the registration and the whole, like here and in the States, when you buy a property, we're not allowed to go and change the deed and do all of that has to be done through lawyers. And that's why I asked specifically, like, do you need a lawyer? Because when you're doing a vehicle, you don't, you just bring the title and the bill of sale. You go up, you say, here's my ID and I'm the new owner. The names all match up and that's it. You pay a fee, whatever it is, 60, 70, $80, whatever it is for them to do the, what they need to do on their end at the DMV and then it's done. And so, and you're telling me that, I mean, we're, you're right. I'm a, I'm a real estate broker. I am a real estate investor. And in my head, like in order, like to me, I'm buying a home and to like quantify that as a vehicle, it's almost like it's really uncomfortable, but wow, it is simple in that sense. But, you know, in that simplicity though, I don't want people to get lost in the fact that they don't do their due diligence because I think there's still some due diligence there that needs to be done. And that's why I wanted to bring you on. I wanted you to share kind of yes it's simple but at the end of the day there are things that you need to look out for like the lease and what you're allowed to do on the park and that sort of thing make sure that it matches up with your intent and make sure that the numbers make sense because your seller might be paying really low market um uh, below market rent on that leased land and maybe they're paying 200 but the full value of that market rent might be at three fifty four hundred, and then you're thinking the numbers are working at two hundred, and now you're coming in, and that lease is now four hundred. So you know these are things you still got to do your due diligence. So for the audience out there, for the listeners, um, the numbers will be really good as long as you check them out. So check them out. Make sure there's no uh, liens against the the vehicle. I'm gonna call it a vehicle now, not a home. It's a vehicle. Um, so yeah, that makes a big difference. And, and you mentioned on a previous podcast that it's not a vehicle anymore when it's attached to land and when it's attached to land, it can't go anywhere. Is that right?
1: So there's a way to retire the word retire. It could be different there, but retire a title onto the land means that, you bring a mobile home, you put it on a piece of property and you go again back to your DMV or tax assessor's office and you want to retire the title, which means that you want to take it from consider a mobile home and turn it into an actual house now per se. Nothing changes other than the, the name here, but it becomes part of the deed now. So now it's considered real estate that mobile home cannot be moved again. We can talk about how to unretire something later, but it is now part of real estate. And at that point, yes, you have a house, you have land, and you have what we call a package, a mobile home and land.
0: Nice. I love that. I absolutely love that. Wow. Well, again, I want to tell everybody, if you're interested in mobile home parks, to the listeners, really, this is your guy. Jose knows a ton about this stuff. There's so many different ways to slice mobile home parks. Uh, and the units, and different ways to look at it and underwrite it and uh, define what works for you. I know Jose does it in different ways. I know you own some parks and some others, you just own the units. Um, and so there's different ways to structure um, your investments and see what works for you. And you got into this with no money. So if anybody's out there who's just starting off and they want to have an easy entry point, um, this might be the way for you. So reach out to Jose at garcia well uh, your your email is j at garciamhu.com which is uh, garcia mobile home university and um, i have a about jose garcia page loaded on our podcast site so if you're driving if you're out there and uh, you can't click through right now and you forget no big deal just come to the let's get real estate podcast site and go to the guest tab you'll find jose there click on his name And he'll have his bio and everything else there. We have it all loaded for you. So you can reach out to Jose that way. And um, yeah, I'm just like super excited. I might have to bring you back. I mean, you talked about the materials and rehab. And you know what? Um, If anybody's going to get into mobile home parks, that is Mm -hmm. such a different space right there. I did flips for five years, uh, flipping a mobile home park. I've walked through one. Like I said, I've reached out to you because I was looking at a mobile home park. And um, the materials inside there are so much different. So um, yeah, that'll be, that would be another great content to, to, to share. And so I might have to bring you back, but Jose, I just want to say thank you again for coming on and taking the time sharing with us and my audience and and my followers and the listeners. Um, I'm happy to have you back anytime, my friend, I wish you all the best, the best success to you. And again, to the listeners, you want to reach out to Jose, go to the website and, um, I want everybody to have a fantastic day